0: Winnipeg fans, we are five games into the Jets season and you might be wondering, are the Jets good? Are they bad? Is it something in between? The answer is a little more complicated. I think you could probably surmise that the Jets aren't particularly great, but as in all things, there is nuance. We'll talk about what the Jets can improve upon, what trends are trending in the right direction, and what stuff might not be so great for the Jets, all coming right up on tonight's episode of Locked On, Winnipeg Jets Hello friends and welcome to this episode of Locked On, Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Harrison Lee, an a Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. As always, thank you for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. If you like what you're hearing, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform of choice, including Apple, Spotify, Google, Megaphone, Odyssey, and YouTube. Doing so uh, keeps you up to date on the latest and greatest in Winnipeg Jets news and analysis, but also most importantly, we just really love and appreciate your support. Now, on tonight's episode, like I said, I wanted to spend some time talking about at least a few early things that we've seen with the Jets, uh, where this team might be trending overall for the season, and you know, talking a little bit about the, uh, I guess, changes that I think the Jets need to make. You know, This stuff is not going to be things that I think Winnipeg plans to solve externally, so we gonna have to make do with what we've got and try and come up with internal solutions while the jets deal with a number of different issues. Obviously some of this stuff we're going to see this evening. Most likely, if you're listening to this in the morning, uh, the jets are going to be playing the blues. They are still without Nick Ehlers for at least another 10 days or so, which it's not ideal uh, to put it lightly. It is not ideal. Uh, and I think you really noticed Ehlers missing uh, over the past few games. Speaking of that being noticeable, Let's dive into Winnipeg versus Toronto from the past weekend. If there was a game that was going to piss you off, it was this one. Uh, The past few weeks of Jets hockey, it's been a bit of a roller coaster, right? Winnipeg had a fun home game against the Rangers. It wasn't clean. It wasn't perfect, but it was entertaining. Winnipeg comes out with a win. Then, you know, the Jets go to Dallas and things kind of fall apart. Uh, The Dallas game, Winnipeg kind of got smacked around. Not really surprising. The Stars appear to be legit, at least for now. Uh, and Winnipeg, let's be real. This team is is at at full strength, probably a wild card squad. And with any sort of uh, upheaval or issues on the road, uh, it's definitely not a playoff team. Then you have a, a brutal doubleheader of, of of all things, right? Colorado and Vegas back to back. Winnipeg steals an overtime win in Colorado, and then falls completely flat in Vegas, which. Uh, while there were some positives to take away from the Vegas game, I think it's just you look at this and it's like, yeah, that's kind of a schedule loss, right? Winnipeg had already burned a lot of energy against the, the Avs, and to have to go into Vegas and come up with a win, not the easiest of tasks, especially when your backup goalie isn't having the best of nights. And then that kind of led into the uh, weekend game against the Leaves. Now, I think if you've seen this game, you probably were irritated like I was. The Jets got outplayed. And they also got a bit screwed by the officiating later in the game. Now, as far as the Jets being outplayed, Toronto was just faster. They capitalized on Winnipeg's mistakes constantly. They forced turnovers. Um, they they got the Jets scrambling in the defensive zone. Winnipeg's defenders simply could not skate the puck out under pressure, could not make ze- like clean zone exits, and fed pucks right into opposing skaters' uh, skating pathways and stuff. So it was just a mess, honestly, especially on the defensive side. And what's funny is you watch the footage back and you look at Toronto's defending as well, and it wasn't like the Leafs were very clean either. Toronto made a lot of mistakes. I thought that they missed on a number of scoring opportunities. Uh, Matthews and Nylander whiffed on some shots or just sent them wide. So, you know, were it not for those misses and Hellebuck being unbelievably good at times, you know, the Jets probably could have found themselves down something like 6-1 to one or whatever. Uh, offensively, you know, there just wasn't a lot going on. If it wasn't the second line, uh, the jet second line with Dubois, Perfetti and Wheeler has been very good recently. They have been probably the lone bright spot on this team. Uh, the first line with Connor Shafley and, and, um, Appleton really hasn't been getting it done, which it's not shocking. You take a transition monster like Ehlers and replace him with a more middle six defensive two way forward, like Appleton. It's just not the same kind of thing, right? What Ehlers can do up and down the ice in all three zones, uh, mostly in the neutral zone and offensive zone, though, is just really unmatched for the Jets. And when he goes out, you know, obviously this offense can occasionally grind to a halt. And I think that's what we saw with the Jets over the weekend. Uh, you really needed Ehlers to try and keep up with the Leafs, and unfortunately that just didn't happen. And so, Winnipeg kind of got smoked. Um, And then, of course, all of those non-calls and really sketchy penalties and things that were awarded after the DeMello no-call, all of it went in Toronto's favor. It led to two goals uh, directly in in Toronto's favor. There was the missed uh, interference call that would have given Appleton um, something to work with and and probably prevented a goal against from the uh, Toronto fourth line. And then there was the Sandine no-call when he boarded Perfetti and somehow Toronto gets a power play out of that and scores on it. So, yeah, uh, or or it might have been another interference call before then. I don't know. There were a lot of really iffy calls, uh, and Toronto capitalized on at least one of the power plays that resulted out of it. Uh, It's just you can kind of tell how bad it was. If I can't even remember which penalty it was specifically that Winnipeg got screwed on and that the, uh, the Maple Leafs capitalized on, you can guess the officiating was just a nightmare. And it already made a very difficult job for the Jets even harder. So the Leafs game, one that I would prefer to forget. Uh, If you're looking for bright spots outside of the second line, um, Stanley and DeMello had a solid game. I think DeMello might be rounding more into form again, which would be really important because uh, we're going to talk later in this episode about some switches I think the Jets should do. But the first one that I'll allude to is moving DeMello back to the first pairing because um, Morrissey really could use Dylan back there. And I think Pionk just needs to switch to a pairing where he is not, you know, trying to be one of the lead guys on the team. I think he wants to be in a role that's more suited to being like a really good complimentary top four D and less so trying to help carry Morrissey. So yeah, we'll talk about some switches. That's a big one that I want to focus on, but obviously the jets have a lot of things to sort out heading into the rest of the season. But before we go into like how the jets are overall so far through this, uh, First five games and some switches I would make, I do want to shout out our friends and partners at Simply Safe. The numbers don't lie. In the last decade, over four million people have chosen Simply Safe Home Security to protect their homes. You don't own the trust of that many people without doing something right. At Simply Safe, your safety is the only thing that matters. I've seen lots of people attesting to their quality services because they protect you with cutting edge security and they're powered by 24-7 professional monitoring agents who always have your back. You uh, obviously are, are looking for something that's going to be a constant security blanket, whether you're at home, even in the local neighborhood, maybe you're out on the night for a night on the town, or you're even out of state or out of country, no matter what, they've got 24 seven monitoring. And if anything looks awry, simply say agents will call you to confirm any updates. They want to make sure that uh, any threats are immediately dealt with. And if you're not home, they will dispatch police and first responders as needed, even if you're not around. They also have HD security cameras for exterior and interior areas to make sure that you're always under uh, their great surveillance program and and security. They've got hazard sensors if there's anything that they notice uh, looking a little bit off or suspicious. And they have a proprietary advanced response technology to confirm when a break-in is legitimate. So you don't have to worry about some false alarms They've got you covered, and they want to make sure that you're satisfied at all times. So, if you're ready to get started with Simply Safe, go to uh, their website, which we'll tell you about in just a second. Because you can customize the perfect system for your home in just a few minutes at simplysafe.com/lockedonnhl. Again, you can you can save 20% on your Simply security system when you sign up for an interactive monitoring uh, monitoring plan and get your first month free. All you have to do is visit simplysafe.com/lockedonnhl to learn more. There's no safe like simply safe. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets. Thank you for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. We are talking about Winnipeg's start to the season and some like some swaps and adjustments I would consider making before we go a little bit further into all of that stuff. just wanted to recommend one other thing I think you should be listening to. We've got this great thing called Game to Game, and uh, you should make it your second listen. It's Game to the Game from Lockdown NHL, which gives you every moment, every top performance, and every result from across the NHL. They have local analysis from uh, all of our wonderful co-hosts, and all of this is delivered to you in really condensed formats. Uh, Game to Game is replacing our Lockdown Now programs, if you recall those. Game to game is like the new version of it, but it still delivers the same concise summaries, recaps and news updates, all conveniently digestible for all of you. And uh, again, all you have to do is follow game to game on Locked On NHL, available on the Odyssey app, YouTube and wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Now, circling back to Winnipeg, uh, obviously the first five five games, I would say the Jets overall, my impression is. A team that is is struggling to make a lot of adjustments, uh, a team that is really lacking depth, and you can see some good habits that are developing some things and ideas that make a lot of sense for pushing the Jets forward, but overall the execution has left me wanting. Uh, Their best game of the season was definitely the Avs game in which the Jets played at least about half of it up to a really great standard. You know, the second half may be a little bit more forgettable, but I'm going to cut the Jets some slack here. It's on the road. It's against Colorado and this team is definitely down uh some some real star power in comparison to what the Avs are packing. And I think that game we were down Oilers too. So yeah. <laughs> um the Jets being 2 and 3 to start the season not really shocking. I think Winnipeg is definitely being exposed a bit against some really great competition. And it's not something that you can really help. It just kind of is an issue with the squad. I mean, we didn't even have Rick Bonus behind the bench until Saturday. uh, And obviously that was the Leafs game that kind of ended in bitter, bitter tears. Um, So, yeah, the vibes are pretty mixed. I think a lot of people are like excited, cautiously speaking about the season. But, you know, the start could have been better. Uh, and I think the biggest issue that this team is facing right now is that the roster issues that we've talked about throughout the entire offseason have continued continued to be an issue now. Especially as soon as like Ehlers went down, the entire offense kind of broke. Uh, Ehlers is like the glue that holds this team together, which it probably isn't a good sign if one skater going down kills uh, multiple balances across your entire lineup. And even with Nick Healthy, it wasn't like this team had four amazing lines. It had a couple of really good lines, um, and some guys who could kind of fill in and eat the minutes between, but, you know, it wasn't like this team was tremendously deep. This is not a cup contender, if we're being honest. Um if all goes well, I mean obviously you would hope that this team would still make the postseason, but, you know, how far would they realistically get? Probably a bit of a stretch to say they're advancing too, too many rounds, but looking at this team and and what's happened, I, I do think that there are some swaps the team could make to make their life a little bit easier. Um, the first thing is definitely getting Dylan back on that top pairing with Morrissey. I think Demello needs to be there to stabilize Josh, and Josh has been trying to carry that pairing, but like we've said in you know previous seasons, Morrissey is not your prototypical one D. Um, he's a really great, 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 like a super elite complementary defender, but not your lead number one and Pionk kind of being chaotic and very all over the place. Even if it does lead to goals for, it's not really suited to helping Morris. stabilize his game. So, uh, DeMello, if he's carrying Stanley and continues to do well in that role, I think I would look to get DeMello back on the first pairing Pionk. I don't really know what you do with. Uh, Dylan Schmidt is good enough to where I think you want to leave that pairing together. Third pairing, I guess you could do Stanley or Sandberg and Pionk. Uh, Sandberg is most likely to be like a safety valve kind of player, but I don't really know if that's enough. Uh, Pionk is definitely had a bit of a rougher start to the season and he is struggling to adjust to what bones wants. So uh, it's not like it's just Neil. Everyone on the defense has kind of had issues Um, adapting to this more aggressive style and stuff. So, you know, not to pick on Neil, but obviously the start to his season certainly could be better, but on paper, at least he is scoring goals, and I'm sure he's thrilled with that. Um, But aside from the defense, I would definitely look to give the the fourth line more minutes. Uh, One thing that I'm really starting to advocate for is figuring out what David Gustafson and, and, and Sam Gagne can do in bigger roles with this team. I think Gagne has proven that he could probably take Appleton's spot and give some modest results alongside Scheifele and Connor. Um, not that I'm expecting a lot, but I think you want to finish her up there, right? Appleton just can't really do a lot of that offensive fancy stuff, and uh, I think it would make more sense to have Gagne in that role until Ehlers can come back. As far as um, other adjustments, I might be looking to swap Perfetti and Connor. I think Connor, Dubois, and Wheeler would actually do pretty decently together. Um, you know, obviously some defensive issues are going to pop up, but I think. With Dubois and Wheeler showing great patience and Blake looking a lot more refreshed in a reduced role, I think Connor could really benefit from that. I think you know uh, KFC could probably be the finisher that, that 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 line needs. And Perfetti, I think, would do really well with Shifley and whoever else is up there. If it's Appleton, I wouldn't really be as optimistic. But I think if you put like Gagne in that scoring role, at least until Ayler's comes back it'd be passable. I mean, that's kind of what you're doing here. You're looking for passable combos and trying to balance it out because uh, the third line has not been very good. The fourth line is trying to tread water and do well. And at times it has really dominant shifts, but it's not getting a lot of ice time. uh, And your first line is just not doing much of anything. So like I said, it's kind of rearranging deck chairs on the Titanic, but you got to make do with what you've got because it's clear that the team is trying to tread water and not really rock the boat, but man, (laughs) I don't know where the offense is supposed to come from for this team, because it's, it's clear without Ehlers, uh, the jets are, are going to have an issue. And uh, it's a shame that one injury really puts the squad in jeopardy, but kind of why we said the front office needs to be aggressive to build us a contender, because right now this team, as it is, is in some dire straits, but well, you know, five games into the season, there's still time to turn it around. And uh, one of the things that I think is really important to kind of keep in perspective is if this season sucks a lot and it's a wash, you get a top 10 pick. And there are some kids on the farm that I think might be joining the team next season that could really help the squad. Speaking of those kids, I wanted to give you some quick updates and thoughts from having watched them over the weekend and in some previous games. We'll talk about which of our young prospects are really looking great and which ones have some work to do coming right up in just a little bit. Hello friends, and welcome back to these closing thoughts on tonight's episode of locked on jets. We're just wrapping up real quick with some minor thoughts on the minor leagues. Uh, The jets have obviously had a few prospects making some big waves with the moose. Speaking of which Manitoba is like three and one or four and one so far. They have been fantastic. Uh, They're, they're scoring lots of goals Defensively, maybe some issues. The goaltending hasn't been uh, astoundingly great, but you know Salmonin looks like he's maybe the real deal. Uh, Arvid Home is doing a job so far. Main thing though, you want to know, right? You you want to know about Brad, and you want to hear about Declan and Billy. Uh Long and short of it, for the most part, the defenders are doing pretty well. Declan maybe has some rawness in his game. He's still a little bit chaotic with the puck. Uh, maybe some decision making things that he needs to work on before you would really want to call him up and make him a featured presence on your blue line. And I know people will say, well, that's the same thing with Heinela. I think Declan might be a little bit different because Declan is kind of like, for me, I would compare him to almost like a Sean Dirtsey for the, the LA Kings. Uh, right now he's playing very high event hockey, which is good for the offense. Maybe not so good if you're trying to keep him uh, away from his own end. So I think it'll be stuff that he just sort of gets over time with the, with the moose and at the pro levels, but I think he's a lot closer than he is far. I think next season would be a really fun time to maybe start talking about him joining this jets lineup uh, full time. I think he's shown really well in brief samples with the jets. I think he's probably close to being jets ready. Um, But Heinle, Heinle definitely needs those, those NHL reps. He's racking up the points and assists He's doing his usual really fast cycles and in zone exits. And I think that that latter point about zone exits is really critical. Uh, I I know a lot of people look at him defensively and think that he loses physical battles and stuff. And it's true. He's not a guy who's like a Logan Stanley or, or a Dylan Sandberg, any of these larger physical D, but the reason that Heinle tends to quickly, he does it accurate, and he can skate the puck out under pressure, which the Jets' defense just doesn't do a lot of. So I think there's a really critical need for that skill set. I mean, this this Jets' blue line as it is just can't really play up to Bones' philosophy, which is a shame, but uh, I'm sure Heinola is still going to have to wait until they move out somebody, so uh, cross your fingers to have that happen sometime soon over the next few months, but maybe don't get that excited. Uh, As far as Lambert is concerned, Brad's been really exciting, really fun to watch and still, you know, definitely struggling to figure out the NHL, like AHL game first. I think there are some moments where his decision-making isn't ideal. Some moments where he tries to do a little bit too much offensively and occasionally skates himself into trouble, but it's just a part of figuring out the pro level of hockey. Um, He's already played pro hockey in Finland. And, you know, obviously the AHL is another adjustment he has to make because very physical, Uh, Very chaotic at times, uh, sometimes very disorganized. But Brad is definitely finding some good scoring opportunities. He's bagged a couple of goals, a couple of assists. Really nice performance, and I I suspect, again, kind of like Chizom, not long before he eventually hits the NHL ice. As far as the rest of the lineup is concerned, Reichel is having uh, an okay start to the season. I think he bagged a goal uh, either yesterday or Saturday. Um, Jansen Harkins appears to be finding his rhythm again with the moose. He's racked up like four goals so far. Good start to the season for him. Aside from that, they're getting contributions up and down the lineup, you know, Sautner and some other players. Jones has had a goal or two, you know, it's just a, a really solid, well-balanced moose team. I mean, there's a lot to like, and it's a really supportive environment for all of these kids who are going to have to work on like endurance and stamina, especially with the AHL uh, roster and and schedule being as brutal as it is. So for Lambert and the kids, it's a good place to grow. Hopefully one of them graduates this season and can maybe join the jets to help out Winnipeg because the big club desperately needs uh, some reinforcements from somewhere that can deliver some offensive pop, but we'll keep tracking them as the season rolls on, give you some highlights and updates on what they're working on and developing and what skills they still might need to polish out. But for tonight's episode, that is going to be all the time that we have. Thank you so much for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. For your next listen, be sure to check out Locked On Sports today. It brings the biggest stories of the day, plus the incident reactions, big game recaps, and our patented take of the day. It's available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts. So be sure to like, follow, and subscribe right now. And as always, thanks for listening. Have a great night, and go Jets go.